This is Julio Cotto, joined by Ernesto Nieto, president and founder of NHI. We're here at the ranch in Maxwell, uh, talking to you from Esther's Hall, the annex. And this is the fourth installment of some info pods on the great debate topics for the 2018 summer that our freshmen are going to be engaging with. And we're now here at the event of extemporaneous speaking. Now, unlike our other conversations, we don't have a specific uh, or an explicit topic that we're going to focus on or a statement that is preset in the game of extemporaneous speaking. Part of what happens is that a speaker gets a question, a statement that they have to react to and respond to in about a 30 minutes. So 30 minutes are on the clock. They got to react and quickly start generating thought. And then they have to make a presentation uh, a little similar to oratory. There's no teammate uh, like CX or mock. They're on their own. But the thing is, they don't get the explicit, the specific wording of a question, but they get a general uh, sub theme. So I'm going to read that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how do you go about preparing uh, for something in which you don't actually have the question. Extemporaneous speaking participants will examine various types of social labels. Speakers will examine the individual and collective effects of their use. Speakers are to explore social laboring from numerous vantage points such as, but not limited to, ethnic labels such as Boricua, Chicano, Mexican, gender labels such as Latinx, socioeconomic or class labels such as Naco, Pelado, Callejero, labels within the realm of public policy, minority, Hispanic, protected classes, race-based or racial labels, Afro-Latino, non-black people of color, or political labels even, American, Western, North American, illegal. Participants should focus on all the effects of social labels have on the Latino community, not simply to determine whether a term is deficit-based versus asset-based or positive versus negative. A more important goal is for speakers to be able to draw general conclusions regarding what they believe is the purpose and intent of the use of social labels. Speakers are to highlight in their research areas moments when social labels have inspired the creation or amendment of public, community, or business policies. Within each space, what is the overall social impact? Participants are to review and analyze the work of NHI, which attempts to challenge mainstream perspectives and views of the Latino community and its inherent resources and capacities. Students must be able to explain the importance of this topic not only to the Times, but also to themselves as future leaders. So how, how do you recommend the students go on, on preparing again in this, in this event where the specific question is not given to them um, other than 30 minutes before they have to deliver a speech? Julio, extemporaneous speaking reminds me of the missing puzzle of a larger puzzle that, that you would have on a table. It's trying to figure out way before the end of the game where something may fit and anticipating where that's going to lead you. Everyone should familiarize, whether it's extemporaneous, whether it's mock trial, whether it's cross-ex, whether it's oratory, everyone who participates in 2018, the games of 2018, should be very, very um, on top of the theme and its meaning. 
If you don't do the homework and preparation of understanding the theme from its underlying implications to its to its more obvious implications to its various applications, uh, then you're not going to have a you're not going to be sufficiently prepared to answer a challenging question. Extemp is about about answering a challenging question pertinent to the theme. And so the theme it has to do with labels. You look at labels, as you well put it, both from an asset and deficit point of view, and its uses and its implications and its applications, things of that nature. Uh, and you try to have a contemporary view of how that operates and the dynamics of how that operates. So therefore, to be able to really get a handle on it, I think it requires discussions with parents, with teachers, with adults, with coaches, not simply who your coach is at the program, because they're only a couple of years older than you. You need to find out, you use the word pelado, what's the word pocho mean? And, and Texas and along the south, southwest, the word pocho is, 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 is a, uh, a negative term, but it has its historical roots as well. Uh, things like migrant, what, what did that mean? Immigrant versus migrant, what did that mean? Seasonal farm workers, what does that mean? There is a whole history, a litany of terms that have been used in our nation all over the place to, to make divisions or categories of people, create categories of people, and then evaluate what impact or what potential impact or what potential impact they may not have. It has both negative and positive implications. Just being familiar with the social setting of a society, it's very familiar to understanding how to navigate it. So there, there, there is goodness and understanding the society in which you're going to live out the rest of your life. And this is one of the real goals here is beginning to amplify and clarify where do we live and how do those terms how are those terms used and for what purpose and for what advantages and for what disadvantages and who's used them and how can you use them and how do you counter and so forth. In the case of the theme, the whole idea has been to understand how Latinos have been viewed historically in this society, how we seem to be trending in the future and how some terms may no longer be as appropriate as others. So when you're asked that question and you're asked, you're given a question, you're given 30 minutes, as you well put it, to go research, you should have anticipated various kinds of questions in various categories and have some ability to compose a response to that inquiry. Your job is to not only address the question, but to, but to take that question beyond its simplistic understanding, its application, its goodness or its badness, its value or lack of value, its problems and its conflicts. You should be able to extend the presentation. If somebody were to say to me, for example, the use of the word Chicano, we were on that one in other, 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 other discussions, I would give it a historical context. I would help the listener understand and appreciate why that work was invented, where it originated, how it may be used today, some of its contradictions, and some of its value to society, and its comparison to Latino today. And I would 
generate comparisons to explicitly under, help the listening audience or the judge understand Chicano in a fuller context than simply saying, well, it was born here and it was died here and it was used here, and just be too simplistic and too short in my explanation. What, um, you know, uh, I know when you, you talk a lot about your, your time with basketball, and one of the stories I always remember is about how when you, if you wanted to be good, it didn't mean just being good at practice or during game time, but that it meant putting the extra time to shoot free throws. And I remember just shooting free throw yeah. over and over and over and over and over. 300 uh, a day. What would be an extent regimen that you would put yourself through? Again, given this, the mystery of what's coming your way. I would surround myself with my peers, knowing what the category of concern is. And ask me, and and for them to ask me different questions pertinent to that category, whatever they're going to ask, or to that question, and for me to sh to begin to practice short-term responses, and then amplify on those responses, and then do research on those responses, and I would create a whole list of potential questions that I could be asked, subject and relative to the theme as as, as that's going to be discussed in 2018. I would have both positive and negative responses to it, reinforcing and not very reinforcing responses. I would rehearse my entree, because it's always important that your first statement nails it. You have the filler that explains what you said, and then you draw conclusions. So you have to nail the response. If someone were to say to me, what would be your expressed feeling about the use of Latinx? As an example, we were talking about that. Probably, I would say, I think it's too. I think it's too modern, and I think it's too. It's too now for me to make a definitive statement about it. And I think many groups would look at it with interest, but not make a commitment to it because they're not prepared for it. That's number one. However, then I would support that statement as to why I felt that was, and then I would bring it to some conclusion. And so, knowing how to respond to a question is as important as anything else. Simply just being literal about it is one thing. And remember, every question has two meanings, the literal and the symbolic. So I would answer a question both literally and symbolically. symbolically. Um, one thing I like about this game is that it, there's this, this time management factor that is a, a little unique in that you... I feel like when you leave extent, you end up really understanding what you can do in a certain amount of time. Like you understand the concept of a 30 minute block, the of time, time management and point. what you're able to do in that. Right. The skills of extent, the experience of extent translated to the leader world, the, the benefits of, of playing this extent game 20 years from now as a leader, what, what will I be able to draw upon from my extemp experience if I'm a participant? Well, if you're going to be a public candidate for office, as an example, you're going to get questions that are designed to make you fail. They, 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 they are, are designed to create controversy that will, that will generate negative attention to you. There was an old senator named Ralph Yarbrough from Texas who never answered the question but took every opportunity to make a statement about what he wanted to talk about. You might ask him about the weather, 
And he was talking about civil rights. And he would go, I understand your question. Well, let me tell you about civil rights. And he would always support whatever it was he was trying to do, whether it was taxes, whether it was voting, whether it was something right or wrong. He rarely answered whatever question newspaper people would ask. So in the future, you're going to be faced with circumstances in which you can either articulate and amplify and advance something you want to inject into the public stream or into the community stream. Or you're going to be set up so that you look bad or you sound bad or ill-prepared for something that's very serious and that the public takes very serious. That's number one. You're going to find the same challenges in your work. If you're a salesman, you better know how to present. You better anticipate what the question is going to be. I used to, when I first started NHI, had no money, didn't have a nickel. So every Tuesday morning, I would get up in Austin around 4 o'clock and drive to Houston and park downtown because one of my board members gave me a, a job selling freight forwarding services, ships coming in and unloading their cargo onto trucks. My job was to sell those transportation services. What I didn't anticipate was that there were 20 people in that same office selling the same thing, right? And we had like a minute or 30 seconds to make a point. And the manager would come out and he would go, okay. And we would put all our business cards in a hat. And he would pull out a, a, a business card. And if it was you, you had 30 seconds to make your pitch or get out of there, right? Well, I can tell you that I didn't do very well. Uh, and I had guys with a lot less education, women with a lot less education, who could beat me at making the pitch, making it clear, and making it attractive. And, you know, that... I like the example you're giving because I'm also thinking of we had an earlier conversation uh, in another podcast show with an alum who talked about acting and, you know, and movies. And one thing about acting is when actors try out, they're reading all the same script. Every single actor is reading the same part. And so in this game, we changed it a few years ago in that it, instead of it being a pro con, it was really about the better response or the more thorough response. Or the better, the better, the most prepared response. Right, and as you and I were driving around earlier, we are talking about its primary season here in Texas. Um, and so there will be times where you, it's about you going up against someone who may actually agree with you or may have a similar value system, but your way of talking about it or your way of approaching it is more effective or more clear or more concise. Mm -hmm. uh, so a coach had asked me the other day of w one of the reasons we had changed away from the pro-con. Um, and I think about, you know, our alum right now in New York is running for Congress against someone who ideologically has a lot of, or platform-wise, has a lot of public policy similarities, things that they actually do agree about. So, it, but it's about who makes it more relevant who connects it more? Learning how to distinguish, or more authentic about it, and I yes. think that that's what's happened in our our new extent game. Is that it's about? That. I think it's a wonderful experience. I, I think the, the my response is to you is that you have to have a little actor in you. It's not just the substance and the words you use, but the drama, the drama, the use of words, your your rhythm, your your ability to capture the attention of the judge, and to be not. I want to use the word dramatic, maybe the word compelling is, is, is a more appropriate word. But you, the other thing that I think that, that, that our kids sometimes overlook or forget to think about is that the worst thing you want to do is, is, is respond in entire sentences. 
Because every word takes up time. Yeah. Right? And so if you're going to take a long time to deliver a point, then you're not going to be able to sustain the interest in what you're saying as you intend. Well, or even I'm thinking now as you prepare, you have 30 minutes to prepare, not 30 minutes to write. Right. And I know some students will take all 30 minutes, but they're going to present cold. I mean, they wrote the words, but they never practiced it. They didn't rehearse it. So again, that's why I like this time management of, because you have 30 minutes to think, prepare, potentially rehearse, fine tune. So I, I think that that's what the trick of extemp is. Also, what do you do with your 30 minutes? How long do you write? Do you write 10 minutes? Do you write 15? Do you write 20? How do you break up that time? And yeah. seeing students approach the process uh, it's like any leader. They all approach it a little different. I've seen very good presenters, very effective presenters, use phrases rather than sentences, uh, be able to dot, emphasize, underscore, whisper, uh, use their voice modulations, project, uh, be quiet, uh, be still, attract, raise the anxiety levels, nail a statement, never using a sentence, using a lot of expression. And learning how to organize that, so I would do. I would recommend to our young people, delivery is almost as important, if not more important, than content. Your delivery style is very important to impress. Your content is just as important, but don't drown yourself in a glass of water. Some people say, don't be so so full of information that you fail to drive the. The, the more pertinent points and, and, and fail to mention what's really the summary of what you intend to say. So sometimes we want to sound so complicated, so intellectual, uh, that we forget the emotion and the drama that's required to make a point. And that's the, the little magic, the little sugar that makes it go down easy. Um, so we, we really look forward to seeing the extemporaneous speakers, as always, think on their feet sometimes more than, than their peers and have to tackle these big touch, uh, tough complexes, uh, complex statements that they have to react to. Um, again, we, uh, we encourage you to, to come up with your own list of questions, uh, have your, your fellow teammates grill you, uh, set up your own regimen so that you're able to, to know and use this 30 minute time, uh, as effective as possible. And we'll be seeing all of you at the debates. Again, this is Julio Cotto and Ernesto Nieto from Maxwell, Texas getting ready for the 2018 Great Debates. This is a conversation on extemporaneous speaking, and we'll be having a series of conversations about every topic for the Great Debate. Uh, thank you all for listening to the NHI Podcast Network recording here at Maxwell. For more information on the National Hispanic Institute, please visit our website, www.nationalhispanicinstitute.org. Call us at 512 512- 357-6137. Find us on Facebook at NHIHQ or on Twitter, NHI underscore news and at Instagram and Snapchat, NHI underscore news. Thank you to Union Pacific for their generous support as a sponsor of the NHI Podcast Network. Music by Andrés Cotto.